Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Food Heals Podcast, Episode 89. I love the way you say my name. <laughs> Susie. No, and when I first met him, he called, he says, this lady, like I'm a lady. <laughs> I believe that women are the most beautiful of God's creation, so. Aww. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to change their status update from hashtag blessed to hashtag OMG even more blessed than yesterday, hashtag loving life. If you've experienced any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet a Kardashian immediately. All right, welcome Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. 
And today it's Q&A Tuesday. (laughs) Got a Q? We've got an A. Yes, today we are answering some of your Qs directly from our Food Heals Nation Facebook group, which you can join at foodhealsgroup.com. But first, our sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by the online conference Healing Cancer in This Century. It's an online summit that is completely free for you. Carlos Caridad, founder and host of the Healing Cancer in This Century Summit, has traveled around the world in his search for new answers, bringing the best speakers from Europe, Asia, and the Americas. The Healing Cancer in This Century Summit bridges the gap between modern integrative medical science, mind-body connection, energy healing science, and spiritual science. Don't miss this unique opportunity to learn for free from over 40 life-changing speakers and educators, including our very own Allison. Yes, I'm one of the speakers, and I was absolutely honored to talk to Carlos and to tell my story, but I just have to say that... Food Heals Nation already knows me. They know my story. The healers and doctors and practitioners that are a part of this conference are incredible. And I'm learning from them more and more. You know, I've had a chance to preview some of the videos and they're talking about the true emotional causes of cancer and all these different healing modalities that can help release those emotional blocks that we hold on to and actually reverse disease. So sign up now at foodhealsnation.com slash healing cancer. And the summit launched yesterday. So from now until May 15th, 2016, you can access all of the speakers' full interviews. You will receive seven different interviews per day, and the interviews will be available for replay for 48 hours. You're going to hear from some incredible speakers, as I said, about modern integrative cancer treatments from these doctors that are just ahead of the curve, like Dr. Thomas Lodi. You'll hear from energy healings like Star Fuentes and even a speech from Dr. Adam McLeod, who practices naturopathic oncology, which I just wish that that existed or I knew about it. You know, I bet it didn't exist 10 years ago. I don't when know. When your parents were sick. I don't know. So don't miss out. Go to foodhealsnation.com slash healing cancer to find out how to sign up absolutely free. And you'll get a snippet of my, my video, but uh, you may have heard it on the Food Heals podcast already last week. But, you know, watch the video, support, support the summit. We appreciate it. Next up, we're answering your burning questions on Q&A Tuesday. The Food Heals podcast starts now. Welcome, Food Heals Nation. It is Q&A Tuesday, and we are here to answer your questions, whether it's about food, disease, nutrition, business, entrepreneurship, spirituality, the law of attraction, or something else. (laughs) We've got your back. And later, we're going to hear from Carlos Caridad, the founder of the Healing Cancer in This Century Summit. Yes, we just can't get enough of him or the summit. It's fantastic. I am so excited to watch the interviews myself because this is something I've been passionate about. I've known about uh, this kind of stuff since I was 18, since I hurt my own, no, 16, since I hurt my own back and my acupuncturist told me emotions can be trapped in the body and different areas represent things. And that was was like, what? What are you talking about? I know. And from there on out, I was like, oh, that makes sense. I, I remember this too, being young, you know, in my teens and somehow reading an article or someone saying to me like your emotions what you're thinking about yourself matter and I remember thinking no they don't it doesn't matter what I think in my head it only matters how I act on the outside yeah what was I thinking but I truly believe that but that was the I mean any if you when we were young 
We were in our 30s. You know, if, if when we were young, that was kind of like, oh, that's still woo-woo. That's, what are yeah. you talking about? I remember I was in college at UC Berkeley, a pretty liberal place, yeah. studying psychology. And when I heard about psychosomatic illnesses, which is um, where emotions and and things are, you know, for, for, for instance, like sudden paralysis can be caused by something in your mind, strictly. Yeah. I was like, that's bullshit. Excuse my language. <laughs> but it's BS. Like, how is that even possible? It is. It is. It totally is. Yeah. And I remember growing up and anyone that went to see a therapist, it was like very private. It was very like, oh, they must be crazy. They must have these major issues. No. Mm. What if their parents were getting divorced? What if they were dealing with, you have no idea what people are dealing with. But back then that was the judgment. And now it's like, who's your therapist? You know anyone good? You know, and it's well, like it's normal. Part of, it's part of the evolution, I think, of humanity where it's like, you know, in the past there wasn't just, you had to survive. Whether it be caveman days or the mm. 1940s, or wartime, it's like it, there wasn't room for that. But now we know better. We know that emotions matter. We know that um, how we feel matters. We know that how we talk to ourselves and our negative thinking versus our positive thinking matter. How that creates a reality. It all goes back into what we're talking about in terms of manifesting and you know metaphysical reality. And it's just it all rolls nicely into one little ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. So our first question is short and sweet, and it comes from Pamela. Will you do the honors? I will. If we only have time for one new activity, should we make more videos or start podcasting? Looking to spread the message of the benefits of a whole foods plant-based diet. Allison? I love this because, you know, I'm so passionate about this. Um, I think videos and podcasting are both extremely uh, powerful ways of getting your message out. If you have a business, if you have a vision, if you want to educate people, I think that it really depends on a couple of factors. Um, Are you comfortable on camera? If you're not, go for the audio. If you feel fantastic on camera, go for the video. That being said, which one are you going to reach more people doing? I believe you will reach many more people by podcasting. Here's why. Podcasting is what YouTube was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I can say that from personal experience and because I've heard the experts say it at conferences and things like that. And it's true because you go on YouTube and you have so much competition for whatever you're trying to do. If you're trying to make healthy, vegan, gluten-free recipes, there's 20 other people doing that. Probably more. I don't know. Maybe there's 20,000. If you go in your niche on podcasts, there might be three other people doing it. You know, So whatever you're trying to do, there's less competition on iTunes. Or when I say iTunes, I just mean on podcasts because not everyone listens to podcasts on iTunes. But there's less competition in the audio world right now. This is 2016. This is where we are at. There's less competition, so there's more room for you to shine. So you can do a podcast super affordably. Um, Susie and I are working on a class to teach you all the marketing methods that we did that really got our podcast to the next level. We're going to teach you all of that. That's coming up, and we'll keep you posted on that. But really... I think you have to ask yourself, what is the intention of choosing a platform? And how does my audience receive knowledge? If everyone you know doesn't know what the heck a podcast is, you might think, oh, I shouldn't start there. But you still can because what iTunes does as one of the platforms for hosting podcasts is they basically, they give you an opportunity in your first two months usually to put you on their list called new and noteworthy. And I've talked about this before. Facebook doesn't do this. No other platform does this. YouTube does not do this. On Facebook, you have to pay to get your post shown Mm -hmm. to your audience. Mm -hmm. 
iTunes is going to give you this opportunity. Okay, so it's an amazing platform to be on for audio. Now, some people, like our good friend JJ Flazanes, who has been on the podcast multiple times, she does video podcasts. So she is cross, you know, promoting her content on video, on audio. So you can watch her stuff on YouTube. You can also listen to her podcast on iTunes. So, hey, if you have the equipment and the ability to do both, go for it. I would say podcasting is a little cheaper, takes a little much, a little less time because of the production. So when when you're editing a podcast, you don't have to do a lot of editing. You definitely have some production. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot more work than you're thinking, probably. It was a lot more work than we were thinking, to be honest. No, I knew. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't. Well, I knew in terms of audio and editing. Yeah. But I guess because when I came into podcasting, I had been doing video production for over 10 years. And so I was used to the fact that video takes a long time. You got to add in the B-roll. You got to make everything perfect. And you know, it, it adds up. It takes a long time. And so I do think audio production is a little cheaper and a little faster, but video production is beautiful. I love video production. So you really got to think about what your intention is. If you want to reach a lot of people cheaply, fast, quickly, iTunes is your best bet. Um, if you want to take more time, YouTube is your best bet. But really, are you comfortable on camera? If you're not, start with the microphone and then make your videos. Let that come later. But you know, it's up to you. What do you think? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I probably said everything you would have said because I'm so passionate about this topic. Well, you, I love no, you absolutely are. No, I, I fully agree. I think, you know, I know enough about, um, I I don't have your as much uh, video production experience as you do, but I, from what I do, I've acted, I've edited, I've shot things, and yes. And I think that is more liberating. It's a different vehicle for sure than doing video, but it's a lot more liberating. I mean, you don't have to worry about what you look like unless you are doing both at the same time. You can say something and make a mistake and cut it out a lot more easily than you can video yeah. and making it look seamless and making yeah. it look professional and making it look like something people are going to watch or want to watch because that's a big deal. You know, if you, there's a lot of people on, on YouTube that aren't where we're at, they don't have the experience that we have and they just put up videos, but they're sh they're lit really poorly or the audio is really bad or they, you know, it's there's a lot of production value. There's a big difference between great video and eh. Yeah. I don't know if I want to watch that. So I agree. If you have just time for one um, and uh, feel like, you know, you can make podcasting and go, then, then do it. I think it's also easier to learn in terms of a skill because um, it's talking it's having conversations having engaging conversations it's asking interesting questions and cutting it out if it doesn't work yeah <laughs> versus video we have to work with the lighting and the audio and how you're posed and things like that so yeah and I'm in a um a group for I think it's all millennial video producers and I just look at all their complaints about how hard it is for them to make videos and obviously there's so many great millennials making videos i just mean um newcomers that haven't been to film school that are really struggling and so you really have to teach yourself a lot if you don't have a film or production or that's true video background anything. yeah that's like true. i think you know there's a lot of apps and there's a lot of technology out there and and i think we're supposed to just we assume at least i do sometimes i'm like i assume i should know how to do it right. even facebook when they update stuff i'm like god i can't find what i'm supposed to find you know it makes me feel inept but it's like like you got to learn. They change the platform. They change the structure of it. You're learning every day. In that this day true. and age, you are learning every day. And so that's going to be whatever. whenever you try something new. That's absolutely a good point. I love it. All right, Pamela, I hope we answered your question. We'll see you in the Food Heals group. Thanks so much. And our next question comes from Monique from our Food Heals Nation Facebook group as well. 
She says, I am very happy to talk about the insane deliciousness of vegan food all day and all night, and I'm always really honored when people approach me for ideas on what to cook. But I get really hung up on how to respond to a parent who is going vegan for their health, but not trying to change the eating habits of their family. I had one fitness professional tell me about her healthy dinner that she cooked for herself, even though she envied what her kids were eating. When I asked why she couldn't eat what they were eating, assuming it had something to do with an allergy or an intolerance of hers, she told me it was because they were eating some dish consisting of fried chicken, cheese, and a few other ingredients I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. After she told me what they were eating, I just ended the conversation. I didn't know what to say that wouldn't sound completely critical of her parenting skills. So here's my cue. How do you tactfully tell parents that they are killing their kids? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I like that question. I don't really know if there is a tactful way to tell people you're ki- they're killing their kids. <laughs> well, I wouldn't phrase it that way for sure. I don't, think, I don't think Monique would either, and that's the point. I think she's looking for a way to give loving advice without coming off as like, you know, a bitch. <laughs> yeah, and I totally understand that because I... You know, when I see um, relatives or friends that have children and they feed them from the, I'm doing air quotes now, children's menu, which consists usually of pasta, grilled cheese, chicken fingers, Mm -hmm. some kind of nugget or whatever, and some over, maybe some overcooked vegetable, barely. I just kind of shake my head and go, why, why would they give their children something that they would consider unhealthy just because they think they need to appease their kids? Kids learn from adults as to what they should eat. I mean, I ate what my parents ate. When we went out to fancy restaurants in New York City, there was no, we went to places that didn't have a children's menu and we were expected to act like little ladies and gentlemen. We were expected to have our manners and then we ate what they ate. Yeah. It's like Monique is in this position of lovingly wanting to give advice without coming off as this know-it-all or this holier-than-thou. But the parent that she's talking about, that's I guess her friend or her client, is making good choices for herself, but not for her children. And that's really interesting because why does someone choose to do that? They think they don't have control over their kids. Well, obviously we know that's not true. They think that it would be too hard to change their kids. Well, like they won't like it or they're going to get resistance from it, which they probably will if you're going from one of those kids menu type of Uh, meal plans for your children to a more healthy vegetable plant-based diet of course if they're not used to it I would encourage um, your friend Monique to lead by example and the more that she eats the vegetables and the healthy diet that she's taking on in front of those kids the more they're going to start adopting it themselves because like you said Susie they emulate their parents There was, um, when I was in college, and I only have a bachelor's in psychology, not a master's or a PhD, but I remember this, um, I took a child psychology class, and there was this theory of, it's called mirroring, Mm. and uh, there was a science experiment where they built this plexiglass platform, and they had, you know, crawling babies, and they wanted to see how the babies could not could not recognize the plexiglass they could not recognize that that was safe so if they saw the edge of the carpeted area they thought there was nothing else there even though there was and they would have their their mommies or their daddies on the other side and they would give them a cue to say either make a scared face or make an encouraging happy like come on come on come you can do it you can do it's okay yeah and the babies when they got to the edge of the platform always looked to their parents and to see and and to look at the social cue 
Wow. Are they saying, it's okay, come to me? Because the babies are going to trust their parents. Yeah. Or are they saying, no, 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 stay where you are. It's not safe. The babies always followed the cues. And so it's very close to this. It's like mm-hmm. or the, the, the little kids, even if they're not babies anymore, are still looking to you to go, what do I do, mom and dad? You know best. You're, the, you're steering the ship. What yeah. do I do? And your job is to say, yes, it's okay to eat fruits and vegetables. They taste yummy. They're good for you. We don't eat just for taste. We eat for health. But by the way, health does taste good. I think a lot of people are kind of skewed once they are tapped into the fat, sugar, salt Mm -hmm. paradigm of fast food. And, you know, it might take a while for the children to start emulating her. And it might take a while for their taste buds to change. But we know they absolutely can. Mm -hmm. And we know that the healthy habits that they're forming need to start early. The earlier they start, the better they're going to be set up for success in life. And Mm -hmm. obviously Monique, who wrote the question, knows this as well. So it's really about how to approach someone because it's hard to talk to a family member or a friend or a client about this stuff when they don't want to hear it. Or they're ready to hear it. Like in this case, it sounds like the mom is like, I am vegan because I want to change my health, but doesn't know how to change her kids' health. And so we're giving advice to the mom that we haven't even met. So how can we help Monique help her client? And I would just say, as much as your client can lead by example, you, Monique, can lead by example. So you can say, you know, I was working with this other mom and here's how we helped her kids eat more healthily, right? giving examples, showing examples, going to events where maybe this is happening or going to someone's house for dinner where all the kids are eating that way, bringing this mom, showing her examples of when it's happening and how successful it can be. And maybe the mom will change her mind and start to... Or or pointing to others like Jamie Oliver, who's mm-hmm. done amazing things, especially with, with children and healthy food mm-hmm. and showing them how... I mean, kids get invested when you have a garden, Yeah. right? Um, pointing to another someone else you don't even have to she doesn't have to say herself pointing you know there's a there's great work by Jamie Oliver maybe that would help you to watch him and inspire you to communicate with your kids that's a great idea actually that's another thing she could do is even I don't know if they have a yard or not the mom she's talking about but if they do maybe she could encourage the mom hey let's let's make a garden at your home so that you can more easily eat healthy yourself and mm-hmm. then just by default what's going to happen is those kids are going to get involved in that gardening yeah you know that's and just... kids love to get dirty exactly they love that kind of stuff i used to love being my dad had a tomato garden he mm-hmm. grew cucumbers he grew all these great things we had these big beautiful sunflowers and i would lo- i would wake up and he would be out in the garden at sunrise work i don't know what he was doing and i would just come <laughs> out and he would hand me a shovel i didn't know what i was doing but i would dig or i would pull yeah. or like weeds like whatever it was and it was just like some of the the fondest memories that I have of spending time with him. And so that's a great way to bond with your children and to teach them about healthy eating. And we know that when kids grow gardens and they learn, there is so much evidence of this. There are documentaries about this. We do, I do a lot of video production around this. So um, we do a lot of videos where the kids are learning at a younger and younger age. And they're like, oh, until I garden, I thought Cheetos were my vegetable. Right. Over carrots cuz oh. they're orange. Like this is they're this is what they see. And there's every day. nothing better than a freshly picked fruit or vegetable. I mean, yeah. I can remember going apple picking in upstate New York, biting into a, an apple that just came off the tree. Mm. There's nothing like it or a peach or fresh strawberries or raspberries, tomatoes, like 
it's you can't compare it to any kind of processed food because it's unbelievable it tastes so good oh it's so true i know so monique i would just say you know as you encourage her to lead by example you can also lead by example yourself and as she sees you working with other people and you showing other moms how to do this and their kids changing maybe she'll take it on and go you know what i need to help change my kids too so don't Tell her she's killing her children. You'll lose her as a friend. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's good advice. We know you won't, and that's why you wrote the question. We feel your frustration. It is so frustrating. I have a very good friend as well, and she called me while she was going through the drive-thru, and I didn't even say anything negative. I held my tongue. I wanted to, and she goes, don't judge me. I have two kids. You don't know what it's like, and I didn't say anything. She was basing – she was – thinking I was judging her before I even had a chance to, which I chose not to. <laughs> Though I guess I was a little bit, because why am I talking about it, right? Um, because I want it, I want her to feed her kids healthily. I want her to listen to this podcast. She said, Allie, I don't know what a podcast is. You know, so there are certain people that are very, very hard to get your message across to. So it's not about only preaching the choir because we want to change other people, but you also have to accept that you can't help everyone, mm-hmm. and that's important too. Mm-hmm. You know, I tried my little butt off to help change my father's eating habits, and he wasn't having it. And that was a huge lesson for me, that just because I believe it doesn't mean everyone else's. And so you can only do your best, and don't judge yourself if she, if she continues what she's doing, and you've put in your best effort, that's all you can do. That's all you can do. Yep. All right. We'll be right back with Carlos Caridad, the founder of the Healing Cancer in the Century Summit. Have you ever thought about why the cancer epidemic is on the rise instead of decreasing? Are you wondering, as I was, are we doing the right thing in our quest to beat cancer? Do we need to explore how our emotions affect our health? Um, yes. <laughs> All those and many more questions are going to be answered for you, your loved ones, your family and friends in the online health summit, Healing Cancer in This Century. The Healing Cancer in This Century Summit bridges the gap between modern integrative medical science, mind-body connection, energy healing science, and spiritual science. Register for free at foodhealsnation.com slash healing cancer. At no charge, you can watch the summit with over 40 excellent, amazing, incredible speakers and educators in the fields of modern integrative cancer treatments, energy healing, Reiki healing, emotional healing, naturopathic oncology, and more. Go to foodhealsnation.com slash healing cancer and register to experience this incredible conference for free. You are listening to the Food Hills Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. All right, we're here with Carlos Caridad, the founder of the Healing Cancer in This Century Summit, which I was honored to be a part of. Thank you so much, Carlos, for being here. You're very welcome, and thank you so much for doing this interview with me. And we are just fascinated by your story and how the reason that you came to do this conference is because of what you went through with your son, right? Yes, I, I was thinking, Alison, most people who are helping, like yourself, they have a hard time themselves or like in your case with your mother. I didn't have any in my life. However, the situation with my son that was healed with energy healing and homeopathy, that was what turned around my life completely. 
Right. And so can we get into that a little bit? You healed your son. And what what caused his illness to begin with? What happened? He was three years old. And even though we were against vaccination, since we were kind of new in the country, not really new, but we couldn't say no. We didn't know how to avoid the vaccinations. And he received 23 vaccinations at the age of three. And you don't need to have a PhD degree to know that so much medication in a little body of three years old will cause havoc. Yeah. And the, uh, so his immune system was totally um, confused, attacking his own kidneys because of these excessive vaccinations. And the medical system didn't have any solution. They told us, don't worry, when your son is teenager, he will overcome the situation. And I was thinking, you gotta be kidding. You gotta be kidding me, right? Like that, this needs to be healed now, not when he's a teenager. He was how old? Three years old? Yes. And he got so, 23 vaccinations at once? Yes. They were in three years, which is about 10 a year. Which seems, which seems like a lot more than, say, we may have gotten. When that we is were incredibly young. excessive, incredibly excessive. Yeah. And we're not anti-vax over here. We're just saying, like, you have to yeah. do this safely. And sometimes exactly. there are cases where it's not done safely. Yes. And after that, I swear, when my son was healed, I, you can imagine we had no idea what was going to happen. Since I have these skills on the internet, I said, I'm going to open a website to talk about that. But I didn't. But that idea was always in the back of my mind. Right. So it took you three weeks working with these holistic practitioners to get your son back to normal. Is that right? Well, actually, the homeopathic doctor in India who never charges a penny told us, come here in three weeks, your son will be healed. And we couldn't go, he sent us the remedies by email, and I didn't want to wait even three weeks. I knew he was going to be healed. I used homeopathy since I was a teenager back in, my, in, in Argentina. Right. So I went to a healing workshop from this great energy healing, Jodani, and that day, the day of the healing session, I was a surrogate for my son, my son was healed. As an engineer, I said, well, there is something in here that I don't understand, and I would like to study and, and learn more about it. That's amazing. And so where did you study? Where did you, how did you learn? I studied with her because it was the great experience in my life. You can imagine after six months of my son taking steroids to hmm. su suppress his immune system. I studied with her and energy healing, clearing ener energy healing, clearing blockages, emotional blockages that works really well. And after that, I, by serendipity, let's put it that way, I reconnect with a very old friend that I met many years back in Argentina, who is a Reiki master. And I studied just for fun because I like it. And that was about eight years ago. That's incredible. Well, we thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And can you tell us about the conference and, and why mm -hmm. it's so heartfelt and important to you? And, and how do you yeah. get all these speakers to come together to tell these <laughs> amazing stories? Like, it must be so much work. <laughs> well, you know, Alison, I, half of them are my friends. And from the other half, half of them became my friends like you the first day that we met. Yeah. And I, I've been cultivating this friendship for many, many years. And I realized that I know a lot of people in the healing arts, 
niche. And um, however, I didn't know that there were so many amazing people. And as I was organizing this, sending emails, one person told me, tells me, look, there is this person, there is another, and one took to another, like uh, we were introduced by a common friend, Evita, and so on. And right now I have so many that I think that I, I have uh, too many. And the idea is to present all these, we can call it technologies, therapies that needs to be used in this 21st century. Something new, not just the, the treatments, uh, alternative integrated holistic treatment that everybody knows about it, but it has to be something new, something beyond. And that's what, uh, what I am doing. I mean, it's so beautiful what you're doing. Susie and I were talking about it earlier, how, you know, we're so similar because we go through these experiences and then we transform them into educating the world in the best way that we know how. And we're so lucky to be in this time period where we can go online and we can spread this knowledge and awareness. And I know so many people are going to benefit from, you know, the conference. I'm just so excited that you're doing it and I'm so honored to be a part Mm -hmm. of it. The other thing that I am very happy that uh, that you are one of our speakers. The other thing I wanted to mention, Alison, when I was working in the, at the Valley Cancer Institute, I worked there for 22 years and integrated hyperthermia clinic in Los Angeles. I started interviewing the patients who were cancer-free, who graduated from the clinic, mm-hmm. and all women with breast cancer. They were telling me. Uh, about the emotional traumas, the toxic relationship, mm. by, by breakups and, and that they had, and they believed they were the cause of cancer. And at that time, I was clueless. Yeah. But there were so many that one day when I started practicing energy healing, I saw this clear relationship between emotional trauma and cancer that is overlooked by most of the physicians. I don't know why. And this is my mission to make that connection that people, they have to know that stress, chronic negative emotions, emotional trauma, and let it alone abuse, any kind of abuse, it causes havoc in, in our bodies. All this energy, negative energy, any energy blockages, sooner or later manifest in our body as pain and many other things. We cannot think clear and health conditions. And I believe that there is a need to make that connection. And this is the reason I created this Well, Susie and I couldn't agree more, right, Susie? Carlos, I have a question for you. Um, have you come across, or you know, in talking to all of your speakers, have you come across anything that relates to like certain types of, types of experiences with certain cancers, that certain parts of the body represent certain things? Have you come across anything like that? Of course, of course, and I, I was interviewing this person, and, and, and I got so emotional. I had we had to stop the interview because uh, um, she had ovarian cancer, and uh, um, so since then, since I started interviewing people, I know by a fact that sexual abuse is one of the is at the root cause of presentation of ovarian and breast cancer. And this is just a fact. There, is, there are so many facts and studies. And um, for example, even men who have terrible, let's say, I know a man that was cheated by his wife and he had prostate cancer. Why? Because the reproductive organs that they used to make love and that love what happened, it was betrayed. 
So all that energy is there and produces prostate cancer. Who could imagine that? Yeah. So yes, there are a lot of evidence and there are specific evidence. There are books that says these emotions affect, for example, anger in men affects the liver. When we are suppressed, our voice is suppressed either at work or, or in a romantic relationship, we have throat problems and, and chronic, these chronic emotions sooner or later will produce a, a, a more specific and tangible health condition. So yes, there are a lot of evidence on that. I mean, it's so true. And I feel like it's it's really hard to make this connection if you haven't ever felt this way before and you had no idea that your emotions mattered and i know i was like that you know i definitely went through a phase going what i think doesn't matter what i feel doesn't matter all that matters is what what i'm portraying on the outside and that is complete bs lies that i was telling myself but i didn't know i was lying to myself and 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 for example i think that there is a big need and there are a few brave women that come out and say, okay, I was sexually abused and I have ovarian cancer. I was sexually abused, molested, whatever you want to call it, it's the same thing, and I have this. And I know that that was the cause because when they they heal that emotions, like a doctor last week told me, you don't go over that, you go through that. When they get to a point, strength, point that um, they... Um, were able to forgive, and believe me, and you as a woman will know, takes a lot of strength mm-hmm. and wisdom to forgive some, someone who has been abusing you, and many times for years. I know of incredible women, healers, that have been sexually abused by the fathers, stepfather, and they got to a point that they have a spiritual awakening and they forgave and became incredible human beings. So. It takes a lot of courage, but all these women I, are volunteering that information. What for? For other women to understand. So they don't have to go through that. It's better to stop a relationship that end up with breast cancer or prostate cancer or, or, or whatever. Because if you are trying to be a good wife, a, a, a good husband, and, and, and taking all this, uh, swallowing, uh, swallowing everything, and produce enormous, uh, enormous blockages, in the heart, in the throat, and the reproductive organs, and you name it. So, and we have some of them among our speakers, and they have the uh, the courage to tell, yes, that's what happened to me, and I went over that, and they are helping many, many other women to hear. I mean, that is so, so beautiful, and I just commend everyone in the summit for coming out and being willing to speak about it, because it's not easy. You know. Well, that, that's the problem. It's like a, a, a few years ago with the gay population, with HIV, everybody was afraid to talk. Mm-hmm. And, well, it's what it is, and we have to move on. There is no blame. There is no punishment, but you need to talk and, and heal. And women don't talk because one of these women, Alison, I was crying when she told me. I thought that's what men do. No. She she didn't know any better. I, I was looking at her and I was just crying. Oh my God. This is this is, this is a tragedy. And all the people in in the summit, they are here to help all these people that they are afraid to 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 talk. Well, I think we're you know, say, Carlos. I think we're at a really interesting turning point 
in being humans on this planet where we're embracing all of our experiences and saying if we are not well or if we are feeling unwell or if we are in fact diagnosed with something, particularly cancer because it's rampant, that we're embracing all of our experiences and all of our parts of our body, our emotional body, our physical body, our energy body and saying there, are, there is a way through. And the way through is to be open and honest and to talk and to say, this is my experience, whether it be from chemicals or vaccines or emotional abuse or physical abuse, and to just say, this is my experience, and now I can heal and get through it. And I think that's a really exciting and probably to some people scary time because they don't understand it. I understand it. I've been through it myself in terms of having emotional blockages and releasing them through energy work, through body work, through my own therapies, through writing, et cetera. It's, mm -hmm. it's a very interesting time. And I really commend yes. you on what you're doing because you're, ground, you're breaking ground for others. Yes, yeah, Susie, I agree with you 100%. And uh, um, I believe that uh, more and more people are uh, coming with this type of information and uh, helping so many people that they were afraid, they were um, outcast. And, uh, and it's not that difficult. There is a lot of hope. As you said, when we heal our energy bodies or emotions, that um, can facilitate the healing process, the healing journey enormously, enormously. Well, we completely agree. We cannot wait for the summit. Thank you so much for putting this together. Food Heals Nation, please go to foodhealsnation.com slash healing cancer where you can learn so much more about the summit and just click on those links and you can sign up. And if you sign up now, you're going to receive two free gifts. First, you're going to receive a free copy of Avita Rampart's best-selling book, the bliss of cancer and you remember Avita from episode 57 of our podcast where she shared her incredible healing story when she healed her ovarian cancer without drugs chemotherapy or surgery and she had to emotionally cleanse as well as physically cleanse so her book is you know, must read. It's a must read. And yes. you will also when you sign up, you'll receive a free distance energy healing session with Carlos. And we know Carlos is a scientist, a healer, and the founder of the summit. Carlos, can you tell us anything about the distance energy healing that they will receive? Yes. Um, all the principles has been discovered in the 1920s with quantum physics, so people can investigate. And what they have to do is just to lay down and connect, uh, uh, connect energetically by the intention with the group and with myself. And this works like wonder. I, I've been receiving energy healing distance from several friends that I have. And it's, there is little difference than on the hands-on session. And it's a beautiful experience. And again, there is nothing to lose. And we have other uh, great energy healers uh, offering the same gift. And everybody has to take advantage of that. It's a great experience. I think that is beautiful. Thank you so much, Carlos, for talking to us today. We really appreciate it. Go to foodhealsnation.com slash healing cancer to find out more about the summit. Carlos, is there anything you want to leave our Food Heals Nation with? I think uh, everybody has to understand that uh, we are responsible of our health. And I don't mean it in a punishing way, not at all. Right. What I mean is, when we hear all these speakers, we have to connect from the heart and see 
who resonates with us. And when we feel that, is what we have to follow. We cannot leave our health in the hands of anyone else, our mother, our grandmother, our friends, or someone else that they are telling us, go rush and have that surgery, or do what this person did. No, it has to come from inside. And as you said, Susie, in these times, people are connected with that. Many people, it's the first time that they are going to hear about energy healing, emotional healing. But believe me, they will understand. Yes, they will. Thank you so much, Carlos. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Carlos. And by the way, I love the way you say my name. <laughs> Susie. I love your accent. Susie. <laughs> when I first met Carlos. Alison. No, and when I first met him, he called, he says, this lady, like I'm a lady. <laughs> you are a lady. I know, but I don't feel like a lady. I know. We're, I so, we're so rushed in America. I yeah. love it. Carlos, you know, we appreciate you. Ladies. I mean, <laughs> very much respect for women. I believe that women are the most beautiful in, of God's creation. So, Aww. Well, as an ex-boyfriend of mine said, the, the females are the flowers and the men are the stems. <laughs> and I love that. The men hold That's up the spirit. flowers. and That's great. That wasn't mine. That was his. Pleasure. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Carlos. Thank you. Bye, Susie. Bye, Alison. <laughs> bye. bye, ladies. Bye-bye. <laughs> These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their $39.99 a month gym membership. If you experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat your trainer immediately.